Mm-hmm. Well, Roman, to answer your question, other than beer and whiskey, I haven't really been altering my chemicals at all. Well, and the pills. Like, I, I just got a handful of pills oh, from the dude who was trying to convert us to Catholicism. And I love they're, how they're all indi- different colors. indiscriminately you just take pills. I love that. <laughs> I'm a pill guy. Um, there were a couple that, that were big and tapered, and that's, I assumed that they were suppositories. suppositories. So right. I... Uh, did you supposit them? I'm saving those for a rainy day. Okay. Um, but like a, like a day that I'm so fucked up that my mouth won't open. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's when you switch to the butt pills. Erica, yep. get my funnel. Yep, yep. <laughs> Today's the, butt, the day. The butt will always open. The butt will always <laughs> open. <laughs> acceptable podcast it's the 234th episode of this comic book show hosted by the comics place in bellingham washington three generally naked buddies who hang out together and talk comics something that they love to each other who are people that they love we get real vulnerable and then Django ginger Django farts into the mic and that's just what happens with ginger Django. Ever since he dyed his hair orange, I was like, man, Ginger Django character sucks, but he's really sticking to the bit. If you GD. haven't met Ginger Django yet, you should come into the comic shop because we're open. You can come into the comic shop now, which is also our explanation for why the last month of our podcast has been spotty at best. We apologize. I hold myself to a higher standard than that. Who's myself? Well, I'm Jeff. Hmm. Um, can we maybe, in, instead of apologizing okay uh just accept the gratitude for distilling two episodes of fluff into one badass episode that we're about to record i only know how I to think apologize. that's probably a better marketing thing i think i only know how to apologize okay well i have I'm, so uh, much sin to atone for it's dripping off of me oh wait no that's the sweat from my hands and feet because my antidepressants make me sweat so damn much well fine i'm ginger Django, the fart man and i'm roman and i to counterbalance Jeff's apology, I'm going to say, I don't apologize. Take what you can get. You're right. We don't charge for this, and we've been doing it for over five years. So good word. Do you want to really? call years? them a name? Like, oh. take what you can get, you little... Ginger Bakers. Ginger Bakers? <laughs> the drummer. He died. Amazing drummer. Listen, number 234, I don't know if you guys get into, like, numerology and stuff. Um, I do. It, I am numerology. It resonates with tolerance and compassion. Holy shit. Well, on the yeah. note of tolerance yeah. and compassion, uh, I got an email here from the Shut one. the, the fuck on- up. Listen, you can suck my toes that are super wet. These wet, sloppy, clammy toes of mine. Hands aren't as bad because I did get wow. prescription t- strength medicated antiperspirant cream from my hands that I've been applying. Man, that was hard. I don't hot. have foot cream. I got to go in the other room now. That was pretty hot. Yeah, sucking toes. I ordered the foot cream today because I actually was impressed with how well the hand stuff's working. But I got a, the, the wonderful, beautiful, always amazing Will Elmer, who has just been so supportive since the store has opened. And so on the topic of tolerance and compassion, uh, sent us cookies. Just a deep hearted, genuine thank you 
uh, for being yourself, which probably is effortless to you, but I appreciate it. Happy 234, area code 234 will find you in Akron, a small town in northeastern Ohio, home of one of LeBron James, home of one LeBron James, who famously took his talents to the server verse in an epic battle with LG Rhythm and the Goon Squad from the new Space Jam movie. I'm not sure if you've all <laughs> seen it. I'm a big LeBron fan. 234 facts. Batman 234 marked the Silver Age debut of Two-Face. The Incredible Hulk 234 marked the first appearance of Quasar. And in the Flash 234, we saw the debut of the master of disguise known as Sabretooth. No, not that Sabretooth. Which leads me to my question this week. Who is your favorite pointless, forgotten, or underappreciated character from comics? Mine is Kite Man. Hell yeah. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. God, well, I really love these facts that turn into questions. It's awesome, and I'm, I love that we are front-loading them on the podcast because that is even better. So asinine, forgotten characters. Askinine. Oh, that's a funny thing that you just said. I, I try. I try to be compassionate. And tolerant. Yeah. Uh, there's. I mean, there's also you know the, the resonance of social inclusiveness, so... Um, what do you guys think? I've got it down to two. One's Marvel, guess? one's DC. Yeah, I think that you can because I think one, yeah, go. I think that it's typeface from Marvel and I think that it's ambush bug from DC. Okay, well, I think that Roman's going to have a problem with what you think ambush bug is, which is a throwaway yeah, character. Ambush bug he's... is not a, yeah, I totally Okay, <laughs> if we're comparing him to Kite Man, he's who really has Kite had Man. the spotlight over and over and over in the last three years. Yeah, only from one writer, though. Ambush bug has had multiple writers, multiple series, multiple guest stars. This is confrontational <laughs> as Roman gets, and I love it. <laughs> Donny will... Cates, I bet Donny Cates brings back ambush bug in a huge way. Holy when he shit, switches over to DC. That. Holy shit, I would <laughs> yeah. love a Donny Donnie yep. Kate's DC book. That's a really His fun idea. His name is DC. Oh my, God. oh my God. Where's he at? How <laughs> did they even let him in the potential. Marvel <laughs> I will say um, either Stilt Man or Condiment Man. Mm. Those are mm. my two. Mm -hmm. But Condiment Man is also highlighted in that Tom King Batman run as well. I think Stilt Man maybe isn't a totally throwaway character, but it's just such a dumb gimmicky thing that I, I love it. And every time I see him, I just think yeah that's <laughs> hell a character yeah. hell yeah uh i'm gonna go with uh for for marvel um i'm gonna go with typeface which is a spider-man character who showed up in two issues i think and somehow nobody's bothered to resurrect him yet which is Astounding. pretty amazing yeah uh and wow. for dc um uh ambush bug <laughs> God, jeez. Y'all couldn't see it, but it hurt Roman's face when he said that. Yeah, just for that. Um, the lamest, unimportant character, the, the Shadow. Oh! <laughs> the Archie one? I agree. <laughs> yeah, this purple costume. Um, I'll also do a DC and a Marvel. For Marvel, I think um, Flatman from the Great Lakes Avengers. Mm. Oh. Oh, He's a shout out James Burke. Yeah, that I am that. the flat man. I am the walrus. I remember that. <laughs> James Burke liked Great Lake Avengers. Oh, maybe the West. Yeah, that, that was it. Yeah, yeah that, was a, that was a fun series. But I, my favorite member is Flatman because he can. He's like Reed Richards, except not intelligent, and he can only stretch in like he could in one dimension. So his body is flat, and he can't really shape shift or anything. And he's got the best theme song. I don't remember. Oh, God. I walked into that one. Uh, 
for DC, I'm going to use, I had to look them up, um, Awkward Man from oh. the Inferior Five. Oh. He's he's flawless in water, but clumsy on land. Oh. I like love that. Aqua. Awkward. Yeah. I get it. I like yeah. that. That's very good. Hey, um, like we said, the store is open. Uh, thanks for bearing with us through this pretty crazy time. Thank you for everyone who has come into the store to see us, to say hello. We love all of you and have missed you all greatly and are hugely thankful for the support that we've gotten over the last year and a half. I can't think of a day we haven't been there, though, which is why we haven't like it's not that like, oh, I'm too tired to record a podcast. It's been like, is there a night that we could do it? No, there's not a night that we could do it or a day that yeah. it could be edited. So um as evidenced by the fact that i think i've read five comics in the last two weeks it's it's been really tough also full transparency we used to get our comics on tuesday read a bunch of them tuesday night hang out at the shop wednesday and then thursday roman and i would close the shop and Django would come in and we'd all get together and record the podcast on thursday then we spent a year and a half almost where there was no Wednesday and people were ordering things online. So the need to front load all that comic early in the week wasn't really there. So we were kind of spacing out our comic reading until we record the podcast on Saturday night. Well, we've gone, you know, zero to 60 on being back open. And it's, it's the, the flow of reading is, you know, it's a little bit weird. I'm trying to get back into that Tuesday reading phase, but the podcast is generally still a Saturday thing. So there's a gap in the reading. I would tease Roman for it uh, for the last 14 months, but now I'm living that Roman life. There's a couple <laughs> books we read this week that I read almost a week ago now. And so do I have them with me? No. Do I remember them super well? No. Am yeah. I a worthwhile comic book pundit? No. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's a, that's a little explanation. So we're going to be talking about covers this week and only covers. <laughs> <laughs> I love that idea. Um, so we're going to get into a bunch a kind of an earth shattering news bit for you in just a second. But we're going to be talking about Strange Adventures number 11 this week. Beta Ray Bill number five. Superman, Son of Kal-El. Nightwing, 82. We're going to be talking about the United States of Captain America number two. We're going to talk about... Um, a icon and rocket from the milestone rebirth and there might be some other things that i don't have in front of me because i've surrendered my badge of worthwhile comic book pundit to people but the big news this week <laughs> this is hanging out of your pants but uh, Jeff, we were, do you have any news i got some news i got some news everyone before we get right into the comic discussion you can tell we're filling out this podcast with uh, not comic discussion because everyone but roman has read no comics, but Roman read 30 this week, if I remember correctly. Or maybe that was last week. Are we finally going to talk about my rash? I read 10 more this week. Oh, I guess not. You read 40? Yeah. If you include, yeah, uh, including like three free comic book day comics, though. Wow. Okay. So those are short. So it's more He's like ahead of schedule, Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he is. What the hell? You know what I decided today? I'm going to start rereading Scalps. I was like, I uh, need something oh, wow. to light it under me again. I need to be like, I need this fire to light, you know? And a little I, bit of positive. That, that's a good one. Yeah. 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 No. You know, you know, before you go on, I just yeah. want to say. Um, We're never going to get to this news. Sc Scalped. Well, just Scout made me think of, you know, Django's rash. Oh, boy. Yeah. When are we finally going to get to Django's rash? <laughs> I, I know that, that you horrible guys will scalp give me, rash of his. Yeah, I know you'll give me a hot a hot fifteen minutes to talk about my my rash at some point. But 
I think we probably have something more important to talk about. Right? We do have something more important to talk about. We're recording <laughs> like it's, it's this. It's time sensitive. And yeah. Yeah. So I'll just keep saying we're recording this on Sunday, August 1st, um, which is later than normal. But we, the three of us, came home from a nice going away party at the comic shop for Justin Cassatt, who had his final shift at the comic place today. Uh, he's worked there on and off for many, many years at this point, And we love him dearly as many of you listeners also love him dearly. And we didn't make it a super public thing going into it and advertising his final day and stuff like we had when he'd moved away before to make everybody more comfortable, but he will be around. You will be able to see him and hear him in various capacities and uh, look forward to that. But Call us yeah. for his physical address so you can go, go knock hang out and say hi exactly um but yeah we will miss him greatly and i think we all have wonderful memories and stories to tell about justin and uh, it was very cool the whole shop got together and uh give him a round of applause as he left today with his girlfriend um and it was a special thing and i have a deep deep gratitude for that boy and i think every listener who listens to this podcast probably also does because he is a unique person unlike anybody uh so We'll miss you, Justin. Thank you for all the time. It was a wonderful, he's gonna pursue some education stuff and it's very amicable stuff, but um, he's moving on. We've got a really, really wonderful person coming in in his stead named Sean, who I've known for years that I love and respect a great deal. And I bet he'll be on the podcast at some point before too long. But yeah, that's that was what we did today, which is a pretty earth shattering <laughs> thing for us. Hey Siri, tell me some really nice things that are in my heart to say about Justin. Oh, nope. Not even, not even Siri can unlock your heart. Wow. Your heart. Yeah. His screen is just showing a question mark. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't understand heart. Um, so if anyone's curious why I had to start an antidepressant prescription. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's because Siri doesn't know you. It's because Siri doesn't know me and I'm going to miss Justin. No, it's going to be very, very good. And I'm really, really happy and proud of him. And he's, he, he's doing some big growth stuff, so. He's going out on a boat, right? He's he's going to Alaska. Istanbul. To hunt hunt for fish. It's Istanbul via Alaska. Yeah, yeah. He's, take, yeah. he's taking Istanbul a week, like, by it's a way weird of Alaska. Way, yeah. yeah, but he'll, he'll get there. Um, he's going to be so tan when he yeah. gets back. He's, he's always been to, tan, though. He's going to be a scimitar expert. We're going to have true. to duel. Yeah, you're you're right. Um, Roman, you're smiling. What do you got? <laughs> no, I, no, just Django. Whoever, who, what? One of these guys. <laughs> Django said, uh, Django said, duel just made me think of that Steven Spielberg movie again. Uh, duel, is that uh, the one with the truck? The one with the truck, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. It always comes back to that truck movie with you, Roman. It does. It does. I love that movie. Yeah, we all <laughs> the do. The Hitcher, right? No, different one. You're thinking of Candyman. Oh, You're thinking of Candyman, which they just recently oh, remade. Oh, shit. Candyman. You guys just all said it three times. Oh no, is that a thing apart? I've never seen the movie. Yeah, the podcast is going to be interrupted any minute now. Oh no. Um, by a conversation about Django's rash. No, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. Um, and everyone that's listening is still just reeling from the announcement that Justin is leaving. But uh, listen. So, oh, so can I talk about my rash while they're reeling? Yeah, they're really reeling. Okay, well, let's go into Strange Adventures number 11, which is actually a weird book to now talk about because it was the most argumentative bummer issue like i guarantee that this is not what happened with justin but did you guys both read strange adventures 11 oh yeah yeah holy shit like it's got, the, it's got these groovy owl aliens i love them yeah those were awesome he always finds a positive side of things doesn't he 
It was the like <laughs> most uncomfortable thing I've ever read in a comic book. Well, one of the most uncomfortable things I've ever read. I've never felt yeah. like such a well-written argument between people that made me not like either one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, between Alana and Adam Strange here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It, it, though this, I think this might be my favorite issue so far of the series because it made me so uncomfortable. It was such a bummer. But yeah, you're right. It, I think it only speaks to the like the skill of the writing and how effective it is. Like I, I was stunned that this relationship I've never read anywhere made me so sad to be watching happen. Like it was like in movies when you're like watching a relationship devolve into an abusive fight or something. It was, mm-hmm. ew, God, you just kept waiting for one of these people to commit domestic assault. Yeah. She did on page one. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's always goes down a little bit smoother if the woman hits the man. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and know, I loved, oh, go ahead. It was just a slap. Actually, it was a pretty good slap. He's got There was a couple of good slaps. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's got blood on his face because she cut her hand at the end of the last issue, right? Yeah. And I thought that was, I really liked that. I'm sure one of you guys can figure out what it means that he's got blood on his face and it's from her hand, not his. Like, I I don't think that that's a mistake or, or something that's meaningless from Tom King. I think that that is probably alluding to something else that's going on here. Or like she's also got blood on her hands, but she's blaming him or something. Yep. You know, Some, like it's not all yeah. his fault. Yeah, yeah, the the blood on her hands is because of what he did. Yeah, yeah it, it, like he's pretty irredeemable at this point. We're gonna need a pretty awesome twist to not have this reality's uh, Adam Strain be just a bad person. Yeah, and that really added. I mean, besides just the uncomfortableness of <clears throat> hearing a couple fight, you know, just like in real life when you hear that and you're like, oh, God, I wish I could dissolve into the wall. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's this couple that, you know, in DC, the DC universe for what, 60 years or something, Adam and Strange and Milana have been, except for one miniseries before this, have been, you know, a great couple, totally in love, never had any problems. And so that added watching this, it's like, oh man, especially in Adam Strange, when he's shown up in Superman and stuff in the last few years, he's always been everybody's buddy and just a a great all around good guy. And I mean, it not, also not so much. <laughs> it also like that that historic relationship kind of heightens the betrayal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like they, I guess... they could have had that relationship right up until Mr. Terrific starts investigating. And yeah, I guess it's not also, and and maybe my, because of her being not trustworthy through so much of this series, mm-hmm. um, you know, I still wasn't totally sold that like she is totally naive and uninformed about this situation and he's totally the bad guy. Like I still was, I'm just still not totally sure exactly what's happened and what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and what she does and doesn't actually know. So, yeah, that would made it even more kind of gross to parse through because it was like both of them being really horrible. And obviously he pulls a gun on her. Like that's, you know, yeah. you can't come back from that. Yeah. But also um, she is saying some really mean shit to him. And I, I was mm-hmm. that was the part where I was just like, I don't know if this is warranted or not. Like, right. I, I don't know. 
So that's what makes it you know even more really uncomfortable to to have been a part of. I really liked on page four. There's the Evan Shaner drawing on the top, and then the very next page is Mitch Garrett's, and just showing like she is so like doc shaner's art is so smooth and clean mm -hmm. and she's so like young and ready for battle and beautiful and then in this she's pissed off and tired and kind of haggard and just having those two artists there show the same same character a few years later after this huge ordeal like this this has been a, like what like a month's worth of just giant pain in the ass for her and just seeing that that artistic difference i, I thought that was really good because it's definitely the same person but it, yeah she is she's she's lived out of life since that that time on man the line please try not to say something obnoxious and don't fucking lie i actually want to drink this one because she poured a drink mm -hmm. before and threw it at him like yeah. oh god like and there is so many curse words in this that are clearly the f word like it is it is just oh boy howdy is it it's really hard to watch that jing are you about to talk to me about you know when there's curse words what words you assume they are and stuff no i was it's really clear in here what words they are and yeah I, it's a black label book it's for mature oh, readers there's no way this is a kid's comic why not put You're the right. words in here like that's i, I would be I would be really impressed if they put fake swear words on Ran and real swear words on Earth, but they're, oh, they're just that's a fun idea cowards. too. Yeah, wow, dude! Cool. Yeah, that's a really cool. You should be an editor, man. Those are really cool ideas. I wonder if maybe they're not actual cuss words. Because I mean, I don't know if that's like a maybe a clue that this is all that neither one of these narratives we're getting is the truth. And it, I mean, that's a good point. And to, to that point, because it's doing what the old comics always did with just the, mm -hmm. the symbols instead of the, the word, the letters. So Roman, do you give this a 10? Can, can, can I say one yeah, other yeah. thing about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked a lot about the fight that they have and it's a really well-written, believable, impactful fight, but it's intercut with a really cool adventure that they had on Ran. Mm -hmm. right? So it's showing us their bond and how good they are in hard situations and it's showing us those awesome owl beings that have four arms that come out of their bodies and how they use their their brains to defeat the picts like the last two picts on the on the in the base um and also how ruthless they are there i also want to point out that the person that we weren't sure that he killed in the beginning turned out to be a picked scout which we learned in the last issue and we haven't actually seen him do anything bad adam adam right yeah. like he's 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 engaged in some kind of sketchy war tactics against the worst bad guys ever i think that we, we got one more issue. I think Kojak's going to turn around and say, Oh, one, one more thing. Well, that, and that's kind of how I feel as well, which is why I was having a hard time with how aggressive Alana was being with him was that like, I mean, I guess she's pissed off about the daughter stuff, but we, yeah, I just don't really know. I don't really or, know. 
Or do you think Batman's not surveilling them? Do you think Mr. Terrific doesn't have a bug in their apartment? Like, and maybe that whole argument was a ruse. Do they, do they need this argument in order to save earth also from the Picts or the daughter or save the daughter and earth? Yeah. That's a good point. I don't know. Romy. If this was the silver age, next issue would reveal that actually Adam's just been captured by one of his enemies and is in the omnihedron matrix thingy and hooked up. And this whole thing has just been a, a story fed into his brain to break him down. I think that's a good read <laughs> on the whole thing too. Yeah, Hugo did, 10 is what I need to know. Ah, yes, I did. Oh, okay. So now I have to decide <laughs> what I go on it. I think I'm going to go 10 also because I truly can't remember being this uncomfortable reading a comic like it being so good at what it was doing that I wanted to put it down and not have to engage with these people ever again. And that's also a crazy a thing. Yeah. Okay. I'll cool. Give it a 10. Yeah. Three cool. There's well, some Tom great King. You've done it again. Yeah. And there's some great uncomfortable books this week, but we'll get to those. Nice. Well, I want to talk next about Beta Ray Bill. Um, this is the one BRB. book I read. BRB. Um, Beta Ray Bill, the one book I read while getting home from after saying bye to Justin today. And it was a really oddly, uh, <laughs> you know, it just kind of all fit together in a really good way. Um, Are you and- saying Justin is your horse face? I don't know what I'm saying, but there was a really beautiful sort of, oh, I, I think it was you know, just like him and Pip and the wingman stuff mm-hmm. and just sort of like these two buddies, because uh, Justin's, you know, been my he's always he's always been your wang man, or I've been his but like he's you know, I don't know, there was just a weird the amount of the yeah, there was some really <clears throat> Daniel Warren Johnson always puts amazing heartfelt stuff into his books. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely adore him for it. And this five issue miniseries did exactly that and i don't think that we've talked about this book since issue two i don't think so i'm excited to talk about the end of it here with you guys it's gorgeous it's it's almost one long fight scene and really really well done i i did have i did have a beef with it but we'll get to the beef is it horizontal pages yeah it felt like (laughs) marvel could have taken two house ads out and given us two page spreads and fuck you marvel yeah but at the same time i don't know but i don't know if the dimensions of two side-by-side pages are the same dimensions as one page horizontal they're they're so i would think that he drew them as a sideways page when he did this he didn't draw it as two pages next to each other which makes me wonder was that him and Mm -hmm. anyway it took me out django because i thought i started thinking about it as well which is why i predicted and my actual thought was I've never seen horizontal pages work this well for me. Like there's a Morrison new X-Men annual um, mm-hmm. early on that run where it's all horizontal. And I was like, like that, I couldn't even dig that issue. Um, but there's two points where it goes all horizontal on this. And I was like, Oh, you know what? You kind of did it, Daniel. You kind of did it. You kind of made it work. And Roman, what do you think about the horizontal page thrown in there? Oh, um, there's a couple of them in here, but just in general, how do you feel about horizontal pages? I'm, you know, I'm fine if they're like with this issue, the way he did it, there's only a few of them. That's fine. Or if you're going to do it or the, or either do that or go the Morrison route and do the entire issue that way. 
those are the two ways I can accept it. <laughs> if it's more pages than what we have right here in this comic, then I don't like it. But it did make me stop reading the story for a minute and think about, should this have been two pages? Is it condensed? Is this horizontal? Like, I, I don't know the dimensions, Django. I'm deferring to your knowledge on that. It The, the dimensions are different. I don't think they're so different that it wouldn't have been workable. Like yeah. a little extra background here and a little less background there would have would have changed it. Yeah. Um, every time I have to turn a comic book sideways to see what's going on, and this is this kind of goes back to the last book we were talking about. I have this flash of me from the from a, from another perspective with a bunch of symbols in a word balloon over my head because I'm just thinking. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the, what made it work for me was that everything that Daniel Warren Johnson seems to do to me seems to be like a kid getting to live his fantasy. Like it just, mm -hmm. it, I don't know. I just, I can almost apologize for anything because it just seems like, Eric, that's what you want to do. Awesome. Like it, it, and if it's what he wanted to do, that's one thing. If it was editorial, not giving other pages, that's a different thing. But I, I can just easily just sort of say like, you know, mm -hmm. it's a kind of like a Donny Cates thing, but I think it has a higher mm -hmm. hit rate than Donny Cates. But it's just sort of like, cool, man. If this was, and his little write-up at the end of the letters page here, of just sort of this, like, I'm so thankful to Walt Simonson and everybody for creating this world that I get to play in is wonderful. And I, I yeah, I just, th those art pages, I, you know, I apologize yeah, to him for. Yeah, it's only two pages, and it's it's so perfectly done for... Um, the preceding page and just the action. I mean, yeah. One of them is when, you know, the the ship becomes a, 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 the biggest gun in the universe for Scourge to use, and it's just so, so awesome. cool. <laughs> it And, like, he does do double-page spreads in issue four. I actually read four and five back-to-back. -back. Mm. Um, and I just, I'm stunned by his level of skill. I think it's astounding. Yeah. Like the perspective shots, the foreshortening, the the like fists coming out of panels, the giant monsters, the battle scenes. It's I think it's truly astounding. I think he's one of the best artists working today and he's doing it while not looking you know, it's not like oh, he's being a Frank Quitely or being a Mobius. Like he has yeah. a very unique style to his own and I think it's one of the best in the industry. And he's writing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he's working in little nice little details that don't bring attention to themselves. But if you're if you're into certain things, like in this fight, he's got a couple. Better a Bill, Bill does a few things that are straight up wrestling moves. I thought the same yeah. thing, Roman. I <laughs> yeah. thought of you, like when he <laughs> flips him up to like put him on the spike. I was like, that is a WWE move right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He even says hoist, which is absolutely probably what they call it in yeah. wrestling yeah you're right <laughs> grapple hoist um oh, i didn't man. know this but oh, pip can teleport his clothes but leave his vest you i like that yeah 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 he can teleport and he and, and stuff he can like determine what he wants to teleport with him that's wow. awesome room what were you gonna say oh i was gonna say another little detail is that i love about when the executioner when scourge gets this giant gun to use he's crying when he's handed when she becomes the gun and get, hands herself to him because he's just like this is the most beautiful weapon i've ever held and it's just great the look 
his face. Because, you know, he's the Asgardian badass Punisher. Right. It's Asgard. a gun as big as a spaceship. <laughs> and yeah. I think I think what I loved also, it was tied to that scourge, was just like when the Valkyries come to call him back home because his mission was over. And that was like, oh, saying bye to Scourge and Justin. Like there was a there was a mm-hmm. very kind of beautiful. I'm glad that I read this when I did, because it was very it was a wonderful goodbye. Like sometimes goodbyes, you're not losing something. It's just that like the journey's done and that's really, really cool. Um, and I really liked that for him in this book. And I love the way that Daniel Warren Johnson seems to kind of make the characters himself at some point, like whether it's murder Falcon or extremity or this one, like as he's just sitting, as it's beta Ray bill sitting in this kind of like leather sleeveless vest jacket, it harkens back to murder Falcon to me. And it harkens mm-hmm. back to like meeting the dude himself. And he's just, I don't know. It, it's sort of, I love his ability to put himself in the story. And I think that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons that he's such a fantastic writer. Yeah. It's, it's so sweet too. Cause I never would have thought somebody would have take, taken scourge, the executioner who was always, you know, kind of a, minor Asgardian villain and he was always just a one note villain until Simonson and now having you care about this you know throwaway character so much and, and so touching and even the look on his face as he flies away with the Valkyrie is such a perfect look on his face yeah I want to say something about overlaying this plot with Murder Falcon I agree. And like also because like the it, Valkyries yeah. at the end, like there's something there. Like he, yeah, there's something that he's unpacking. There's a style. There's a, mm-hmm. there's a, the beauty, his ability to make a goodbye seem like a rounded journey. That's not a loss, which is yeah. sort of in murder Falcon, I think is a, is a and permanent. Re- yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful ability to do that. And it doesn't feel manipulative. Like he's pulling at strings or something. It's just that like, there's something to be said for the peace that comes, the closure that comes with the journey being complete. Man, think about the difference between the way Daniel Warren Johnson, Jeff Lemire, and Tom Taylor make us feel things. Like each of them is able to get under our skins in different ways, but they're they're none of them are doing the same thing as each other. I think if you if you I agree. tear those writers apart, yeah, um, and they're, but they're all doing some take on their way of doing it over and over, which is really good and effective. But yeah, that's, I, I never really thought about that. I'm going to give this one a 10 buddies. I'm going to give the whole mini series a 10. And I, I think I, as I was reading comics today, I was just sort of thinking about, you know, a changing of the guard in our store reopening after pandemic re- or changing of the guard with my relationship with comics, my, you know, Grant Morrison's stepping out of the game to for a big extent. Hickman's kind of in a corner doing few things, and when they are, they're related to a certain thing. And and kind of examining the question of like re reigniting my class. Like, is it just the books that I get excited about, or do I get excited about output put for certain creators? And I just was like, you know, Daniel Johnson and Tom Taylor are are kind of like right now my my guys, girls, you know, the, the people that I'm really into, um, like those two are the ones that like, they haven't done that thing that is Hickman or Morrison yet, where it makes me reexamine my life. But at this point, I'm just really grateful that there are people that regardless of the book that they're putting out, I'm just so grateful to see their name on a book. 
Mm -hmm. um and so i too am kind of like changing my class of graduating class of you know who i'm in love with seeing right now and tom taylor and daniel warren johnson are the the two and tom king those three are like kind of the, the crown jewels of comic book for me right now and it's it's i don't know it's cool to realize that but this was a 10 mini series for me um i think i'd give it uh i give this issue a nine and i give the whole series probably an eight and a half um i really enjoyed it i'll give i'll give the series i'll give the series a nine and i'll give this issue a 10. i really had fun reading this issue yeah the 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 one with all the tens hmm. well from me so far uh well in roman too um okay well let's we'll change up the order a little bit just because we were just talking about tom taylor um and uh i would i would love to talk about superman son of kal-el but that was a book that i read on tuesday and you know to be prepped to be able to talk to people about it on wednesday at the store so i don't remember it super well i don't have it with me but what i do remember specifically was that um I loved the first like five pages, which is a flashback scene of Superman going to be with Lois for the birth of John mm -hmm. and the way and kind of this goes back to what you were saying, Django, which was like the way that Tom Taylor or Daniel Warren Johnson or Tom King can make us feel different things. Um, what Tom Taylor, I think, does so well is a kind of Grant Morrison thing, which is highlights why a hero is a hero or or why these heroes are elevated beings and kind of watching superman be a human be like i gotta go help these people and you like batman being like don't you have some no green lantern's like don't you have somewhere you need to be yeah. and then wonder woman's like don't you have somewhere you need to be and then he shows up he's like all right and he goes to the fortress of solitude and batman's there and he's like batman shouldn't you be doing something he's like man i'm not i'm not letting your people get hurt <laughs> and it's just this this weird like he humanizes these gods but he also still elevates them in a certain way. And I, I love like, even just the first five pages of this did that for me in, in such a wonderful way. And then later on when John, who this is about goes to talk to Damien, the conversation that Damien and John have, and I don't remember the nuances of it because it's been mm -hmm. several days since I read it, but the way that Damien is able to sort of balance his awareness for like sort of contemporary society and justice within that. And maybe, how he views John and anyway, the conversations Tom Taylor just does so well with conversations. So I'm curious, what did you guys think about this issue? I liked it a lot. I really, I was, I was surprised that the crypto story uh, by Judd Winnick and an artist different book. What are you talking about? Sorry, I'm talking about <laughs> Superman's son of Kal-El, which Number is the one. Tom oh, Taylor I thought you said book. Superman blue and blue and red. Maybe I did. Uh, um, I I, okay, I smashed all that together in my head because I read yeah. so much Superman last week. Yeah, I, yeah, there was a lot of Superman. Yes, everything you said, um, the the everything except that uh, Lois seemed to give birth standing up, which I mean, people do that, but it just <laughs> didn't seem like a very uh, like like what you would see in a comic. Often. <laughs> there's like there's a there's a very specific panel of having a baby and it's not standing over a kryptonian desk so um i like the comic a lot that, that Roman, I'm not, sorry i was gonna say i'm not sure if i said superman red and blue or superman son of kal-el but um the, the, the yellow one right yeah the yellow one is one okay but i'm curious roman uh what did you think of the tom taylor one the yeah i don't know which i think you said son of kal-el i don't know um 
Fuck you. You know, you know, I read <laughs> throwing me under a bus like that, Roman. <laughs> no, I'm agreeing with you. you. I thought you said Cal. No, I was being Django when I said that. <laughs> oh, okay. I was doing character bits. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, um, thanks, Roman. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you just being? <laughs> you. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> thanks for having my back. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> you know, I like this one and I didn't expect to mm-hmm. uh, just because. I, I I still kind of feel this way. I'm like, come on, I want to see Kal-El as Superman. I, I still yeah. think of John as being Superboy, and I yep. prefer him as Superboy. But this issue was the first time that, you know, Tom Taylor convinced me. I was like, okay, yeah, John is Superman. This is the first time I felt that way, and that's what this comic is supposed to do. Yeah. So I I, I really liked I didn't care for the art. Yeah, um, I'm totally I, with you. Good point. Yeah, except for on when in, in before he goes to see Damien when he's when John is fighting the forest fire, and the way he stops it and the page where he uh, embraces the poor kid that accidentally causes forest fire with his out of control powers, and there's mm-hmm. a page with three panels descending the page, and that's a beautiful page. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the issue, I'm like, oh boy, this art is pretty rough. That powers like, thing was, like, was cool. Yeah, that was cool. It was really well written. I mean, like nobody told this artist that John and Damien are no longer the same age. Right. So, da- right. so Damien should be a lot shorter and he's not because. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. John goes to visit him concurrently with on the island where Damien in his own comic is fighting this tournament. And he's like, what, 12 or Seems 13? Like visually age him up in this book yeah. welcome to the omniverse yeah yeah he looks like he's the same age as john here so you know that was a mistake but it was well written and on that point i in terms of omniverse and stories that exist coinciding with one another what i do like about this is it did kind of streamline john's origin which if we are being very loose with it i think that he's the son of superman and lois from when the new 52 was ending right before rebirth and that was superman and lois from pre new 52 continuity in a bubble verse that got moved to ours in convergence yeah, yeah in convergence so yeah, all of that shit. is like really ridiculous and i like that this sort of says here's what you need like this should just be it and this is like if we're gonna have a superboy this is how it exists and multiple Supermans and all of the, the way that we got from the new 52 into rebirth for Superman specifically was very messy and looking back at it, it's amazing that they pulled it off at all. Yeah. Um, for sure. And kind of gave us this classic Superman, but I mean, yeah. the new 52 Superman was even messy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, I, I like this book a lot. I'm going to give it the 8.5, the Jeff's very good book in spite of the art, like Roman said, yeah, and I like the fact that the cover is an homage to, is it the first issue of Superman? Yep. And the last page of the story is an homage to, I think, the end of Superman 2, or maybe it's Superman 1, the Richard Donner films. I would give it an 8. Um, I'm docking it a full half a point because I really don't like Robin's costume, no matter who yeah, he, Oh, he's, yeah. He's did I give it a score? Out. Not yet. I don't think you did, yeah. Oh, I gave it a 9. Nice. Nice. Will you say that in German? Nine. Uh, X something nine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then a sidestep to another Tom Taylor book. This is from last week, but I just want to bring it up. Nightwing 82 is, you know, 
probably month in month out right now easily a top three book for me i almost want to say my favorite book right now although rorschach's probably up there other other things but i or like you know hickman's x-men stuff but this as i was sitting down to read it um feels like i, I could very easily say that this is my favorite thing to be reading right now and i think it's amazing uh tom taylor i forget the first name but redondo on the art just down to the very beginning where he wakes up and he finds out that uh melinda zuko is his sister and that's the cliffhanger from the previous issue and it's just as my sister and he's but he was passed out and he's like just like i gotta do something he grabs his glass or his mask and she's like i think your secret identity's blown he's like no and he says i'm okay call off whatever rescue is about to take place because he just knows it's about to happen and this is that tom taylor thing again like the fact that these characters all care about each other we cut to a page and we've got you know donna troy the titans batman everybody is heading to this place to help him batman is like fist clenched no text needed just like <laughs> clearly bombing there to get his boy safe and then as soon as you know she says i'm starfire or i'm sure starfire thanks everyone dick's okay batman just pieces out and like he just sort of turns and flies off and i just i love tom taylor's ability to make me believe that these characters love each other and that's a thing that like for example in the jimmy tiv batman stuff that's coming out right now like i don't feel the heart and humanity of mm -hmm. batman whereas this reminds me he's batman on one level but he's also a human being who has human relationships and those sometimes supersede our analytical vision of what we're doing it's like i think tom taylor breathes a heart into things and that's present throughout this whole issue and he also has a really good feel for um like the the mechanics of the superheroes interplay like beyond the fact that they like each other he's able to say okay as dick is attacked in this situation he's obviously going to send out a distress call if he gets in over his head and and these are the people who are going to come save him he, do, he does that in um injustice over and over and over too like just the way that he I'm sure I talked about it on the podcast, but where Booster Gold and Beetle and a bunch of people steal a, a Batman helicopter or whatever, a Batwing, and Bruce gets on the video chat and starts yelling at them dressed as Batman, and they're they, they're like, no, we're we're taking this thing away, and then it pulls out on the Batman shot, and you realize that he just put the cowl on, like he's got no shirt, no pants, he like got out of bed to yell at him, and he's just got the cowl on. <laughs> in order to intimidate his friends over the over the screen. And I think that that's something that Tom Taylor does really yeah. well over and over. Just like what exactly would happen in this moment with these people who have these resources and these weird like psychological rules for themselves. I think it's like a very sort of, you know, not to pigeonhole it, but like I think it's like a Morrison type thing or how I view Morrison, which is he combines goddom and humanity in the in the perfect way to me. Um, mm -hmm. Like these characters are gods amongst men. However, they're also humans and they have hearts and brains just like us. So they interact in a certain way. And I, I really like the way he marries those two things. Yeah. And it's Roman, kind of how do you feel? Art. Yeah, that is. Roman, how do you feel about this idea of retconning some stuff with Dick having a sister and, you know, Dick's father having been in a relationship before with the mom. And what did you think about that? When I first heard about it, I, I was, I was again it, but uh, the story 
totally works. I have no problem. I, I, what's his name? Who's the writer? Tom Taylor. <laughs> Tom Taylor. Yeah. Tom Taylor again. He changed my mind again. Um, I mean, it's a great story hook having all the, the former crime boss who I think is the guy who uh, was behind the hit on Dick's yeah. parents. Zuko, yeah. 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 Um, having a half sister now, that's the, the, the daughter of that guy. Damn. I think on the one hand you could like my initial response kind of similar to you was like, Oh, you're retconning that like Dick Dick's dad was with another woman. Like, okay. So like the way that we justify this is by kind of making him either a womanizer or something, you know, but then reading it, the justification is like, as this, the woman that was with him, it says like, please understand your mother and father weren't together. It was only because John had put Mary on such a high pedestal that he was oblivious that she'd put him on one too. It would be a while till they stood on the highest pedestal together. That like it doesn't yeah. minimize or take away from their relationship yeah. at all. It just humanizes them to the point where it's like, yeah, it's really hard when you super, you know, put somebody on a pedestal to believe that they could care about you at all. And and in those moments, you try to find something that you know. There's one of my favorite quotes: "Is we accept the love that we think we deserve." And yeah. that's exactly what that is to me. Which is like he thought this woman was too good for him, so he found someone that seemed like more. Like that all, I don't yeah. know, retcons can go a certain number of ways. And I feel like with Batman and stuff, it's like, oh, it turns out, you know, Thomas Wayne was a womanizer, like whatever. But mm -hmm. this is a very just like, no, he still allowed the relationship that Dick's parents have to mean something and be precious, but also have them be humans. And I yeah. just very realistic. Yeah. 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 So I just this book is phenomenal. And I think that it is what I think we're just in this weird era of comics right now where we're trying to figure out what they're supposed to be. Are they books written for trades? Are they books being turned into movies? Or are they these things that exist for 15 years as long form monthly comics that come out like they used to? And in this one feels the most like what I want comics to be, which is that old feeling of a long serialized story that you get on board with at some point and you just keep reading for a long time. Mm -hmm. Y'all got scores? I'll give it a, you know, I read it last week, so thoughts thoughts might call me on this because maybe i'm betraying your scorecard mix, mix it yeah betraying my scorecard but i'll give it an eight um i read it 30 seconds ago i'm gonna give it <laughs> an eight also i'm gonna go nine i just think it's you know it's the greatest example of not every issue being a 10 but the journey being a 10 um my score also reflects the fact that I don't give a shit about Nightwing. <gasps> I do Sorry, and everybody. I don't. I just don't. <laughs> I do and I don't. Like I've Tim never read well. a Nightwing book. I've never liked yeah. in a Nightwing book enough to want to read it. And this one does it. And hey, Roman, you read Milestone <laughs> Presents Icon and Rocket. I don't know anything at all about those characters. I did. Number one, part of the Milestone Returns. Uh, slate of com of series miniseries are going to come out yeah and it, it was great it was by uh reginald hudlin and doug braithwaite um and you know icon it's so interesting uh that icon his origin is basically kind of subverts superman origin um superman's origin uh he was on he was on a ship passing earth but with a bunch of aliens of his own race in suspended animation. There was like a xenomorph creature that was on board. 
killed everybody on board. This guy who became icon on our planet tried to save things, wasn't able to, wasn't able to save any of his people. He escapes in an escape pod that crashes to Earth in um, how, what year was it? Eighteen forty-three in Georgia. So the people that find him that observe this pod crashing to Earth as a couple of slaves, um, and they go and they get him out of the pod and and the technology of this pod. You don't know what his race is or whatever uh, his alien race. The technology of the pod. Um, as a safety feature transforms the person in it. If they crash on a planet, an unknown planet, it transforms the, the being in it into a baby of the species that finds it on the theory that most uh, intelligent species don't eat their young. That <laughs> awesome. is so smart. I love that. Yeah. So, you know, these, these two people, they're slaves, you know, they pull the baby out and then they're like, shit, we got to get out of here. Here comes the, the, the sharecroppers, the slave owners, and they're, you know, they're complaining about what the hell happened here. Half our crop has been destroyed. What's going on? What the hell's that thing? And they take the baby home and raise it up. And because it's an alien, he survives. He keeps this human form and he survives into modern times. Um, but he doesn't become a superhero. He's trying to protect himself until someday when he can figure out how to get off Earth but along the way, we don't know yet, but I'm guessing because of the time period when he was found and raised that I'm guessing that during the restoration era, he made a bunch of money because now in modern era, he lives in this secluded mansion in Dakota City and he's obviously has money. He doesn't work. He hardly ever comes out of the mansion. So the neighborhood's like, that's a spooky place. What's going on there? Um, and there's some, you know, late teens, early 20s kids that, you know, break into the place, try and rob it. Well, one of them, the girl, Icon has this great conversation with her and convinces her to, you know, do something to change her life. She's going to become Rocket. And she's all like, what are you doing up here hiding in here with all your money? You could be doing good. You could, you know, and she tells him, you could be a superhero. We could be a superhero team and do good in the world. And he's like, Why? And it's just this great, all this social commentary in here. And she has to convince him to be Superman, basically, um, all through the black lens. And, and, and it's great. It's another 10 for me this week. Man, that is so awesome sounding. I had no idea what the context for that was at all. Um, does it exist like well, I guess it's the 20s. So I was going to say side by side with Superman. Is he influenced by the role Superman has taken? But Superman probably hasn't risen at all within um, culture yet. Yeah. Well, when she when this girl meets him, it's modern times. Uh, oh, okay. So not the 20s. Okay. The, the, the person that's going to become icon, he's just incredibly long lived. Right. And it doesn't mention if, I don't know if originally Milestone in the 90s, it was an imprint of DC and it wasn't in the same universe as DC. And I don't know if this milestone is in the same universe or not. They haven't, I don't think they've indicated that yet. I think just that lens of it, like you just said through the black lens of, of that culture and that time is fascinating, especially with like the scientific yeah. alien aspect of like, yeah, you want it to not, it's going to just become a baby version of whatever opens it because, you know, they don't destroy their Duh. young. Super smart. Cats. 
That's so cool. I'm so glad to hear you talk about that because I had no idea what this was. I didn't know anything about these characters. Um, and we have, I haven't even really seen you or had a chance to see you uh, <laughs> since this came out. So I definitely want to read that. That sounds cool. And also the, the visual idea of this person hanging out in their, you know, southern home, secluding themselves or whatever is a really cool image as well. Yeah. And the, the you know, the talk talking down he gives to the kids that break into his apartment and then um the woman who after he lets them all go and convince them don't ever do this kind of thing again and he threatens them basically with you know violent <laughs> violence if they come back and the the talk the girl has with her boyfriend and his buddies and just the talk they have amongst themselves and you know about their lives that's really great too out of curiosity are the kids that break in there white no they're all black kids okay I was curious. Um, well, that sounds awesome. Thanks for bringing who, that to the table. Who are the creators on that one? Names I um, didn't know. It's, you know, and I was going to look this up. I can't remember if this is the same people that created Icon originally. I'm looking for the credits page. Where'd it go? Um, it's Reginald Hudlin and pencils by Doug Braithwaite. Okay, Doug Braithwaite, who did the, the XO Man of War stuff like three mm -hmm. years ago when that book got rebooted that we were reading. I know Roman read it for quite a while. The original milestone was written by Dwayne McDuffie. What about the icon and rocket back then? Sorry, the, the icon and the icon comic was written by Dwayne okay. McDuffie. Yeah. Reginald mm -hmm. Hudlin was one of the, uh, I think one of the original producers of milestone media back in wow. the day. Mm -hmm. That's just, I, I love that. That's brilliant. Uh, that's a great conceit for yeah. a story and a like, sort of Elseworld Superman. And I love that. Like, why do I want to become Superman if I've been raised as a black man in slave era? Time? Why should I want to save, you know, white America? That's a, yeah. I love it. Yeah. He's just hiding out and laying low. Hey, Django, what do you want to bring to the table here? Well, uh, we were talking about Daniel Warren Johnson earlier. Yeah. And uh, I just wanted to mention that I read I'm a little bit behind, but I read Skybound X number two. We really liked the first issue quite a bit. And I think uh, no, three sorry, was is, the one that is number had, yeah. three. Number three is the one that I read. And it's got, you know, super over the top, badass Walking Dead 2000 blood and guts. And, and I love that story so far. <laughs> Lou and Seal and like combining to become the Lou Seal baseball bat of doom, lightsaber, <laughs> Negan motherfucker thing. Um, and so that's reading that is always an easy intro to this comic but i totally agree you're right that's a brilliant way to start this anthology comic yeah yeah like if i need to get a project done all i need to do is sit down and turn on my computer and that book right there is incentive to sit down and turn on this comic book because it takes but, 90 seconds to get through the the walking dead part yeah and it's going to be full of blood and guts and familiar characters Beautiful with art, robot exactly. arms and yeah it's super fun but then there's a murder falcon story and and i like that character i like all the people in there and it's yeah i don't i don't know how daniel warren johnson can make me feel feelings in like seven pages but he pulled that because off. i've been trying for years yeah well uh <laughs> try try uh calling daniel warren johnson and ask him the secret i just don't know how to draw damn it got it um and then there's a science dog story which is uh that's a character i think from invincible right um and it's by uh gosh who he's a curry walker 
It's it's oh. a Kirkman creation, I think, but it's Cor- mm. a Cory Walker story. But it feels like a Kirkman story in that it, you're just kind of thrown into the middle of it, and it's it's a nice little short package. It's it's longer than the Murder Falcon, but not by much. It's maybe nine pages, and it says to be continued, and it makes me want to read whatever they're doing for the rest of this. It's got a, like a little weirdo time travel thing and lots of really fast and, and good character development. And then the last story is assassination. And it's you didn't got, talk about the murder Falcon one yet though. It made me sad. It's great. It's it's <laughs> what it's happens just, in it. Is it after the main story? Does it in during the main story? Is it's, it, it's got before? both. So it's, it's set during the main story and the, the, it's it turns out that it's um the drummer okay right yeah drummer no it's it's the the bass player telling the story of how they got his bass which just kind of got hand waved in the main right story. they go yeah. down and find it in the big cave and stuff yeah yeah so it's just like cool murder falcon versus monsters in a guitar store mm. and then it shows all the, the rest of the band sad after our hero has died and they're they're just like sitting on the couch being bummed and they they realize that the the way to connect with him is to play music and so they just play a song and and you see murder falcon i can't remember his name the nobility of sadness is what he's so good at the no like the dig the dignifying ugly and sad emotions Tom Taylor is and Daniel Warren Johnson sorry is so good at like Tom Taylor does his own thing and then Daniel Warren Johnson DWJ just dignifies unsatisfied unenviable emotions I love it and and I don't know if you noticed but the background of the panel where they're they're playing guitar it's like Lemmy and all these all these metal dudes standing behind Jake and Murder Falcon watching the band play I gotta get my copy of it just a second yeah, it's awesome. I, I meant to text texting one of you guys because I was like, I recognize Lemmy and Dio, and I couldn't wasn't sure who anybody else was. But yeah, they're yeah. all famous rockers. Metalists. Yeah, I am. I am not good at um, heavy metal cartoon faces, but I'm sure that every every one of those guys that you could possibly recognize is somebody. I'll bet Jeff when he gets back from getting his comic here in a second. Yeah, there's got to be a couple of members of Metallica in there. I'm imagining that Jeff has to read a comic out loud in a comic book store and fight off a bunch of demons in order to find the issue that he just went to look for. <laughs> I found um, it. Wow. I was just curious Good. how many of these are people I directly recognize. You got Kurt Cobain there, Kirk Hammett, Dio, you know, Kurt in the white shirt. I think Kurt's in the white shirt with the black shirt over it on the right side there. Shirt Cobain. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was great. Uh, Science Dog was great. And then the last one is Assassination. And it's, uh, it's Fuck Tarkin. And uh, what's the guy's name? Steve? Yeah. Is that right? Steve. 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 Just like hanging out on a truck being buddies. And then Fuck goes into a really tense situation and they, they team up to kill some people and it also says to be continued which means oh yeah maybe we're gonna get more fuck tarkington please and listen if i didn't already have a handful of kids i'd name my first kid fuck tarkington boring 
Uh, well, I mean, as we're just moving through this thing here, and I, I you know, no need to belabor any long times. It was been a crazy week, so we'll make this kind of a shorter podcast. Although I do, I'm not gonna make any promises, but I think we're on track to finally be back on schedule here. Um, I, can I give a score? Yeah, oh, sorry, sorry, buddy. 10, 10, 10, 10. Wow. That's Every 40. one of these stories was amazing. You can't yeah. get 40 out of many comic books. Listen, I didn't read many comics this week, so when Andrew does the like the that one's a forty. It's it's a forty, so it's going to bring me up to probably like a six because all the comics <laughs> I didn't read get a zero, right? Right. I think that's how it works. I just want to talk briefly about Sword Number Seven. Al Ewing, Stefano Caselli, um, Roman. Are you reading Sword? I am. I liked this one. Um, I you know there was two or so issues of Sword early on. I didn't read. Maybe it was like three and four or something. This one is tying into this sort of the last annihilation event, but it also deals with what and the reason I was excited to read it was a lot of it is Dr. Doom and Storm having a dinner together mm -hmm. on Mars or Arako. Yeah. And again, I don't really care about uh, the Hulkling stuff and the mindless ones and all that business, but I do really love exploring um, the I forget the name of the metal that they got that is now kind of this currency that allows them to have this really strong uh, oh, economic man. force as well. Um, Shazamium. No, yeah, something like that. It's not a Mysterium? Mysterium is what it is. And there's also Kerbons. Um but the 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 way that Doom is written is super, super well done. I think that Al Ewing writes Doom on par with Jonathan Hickman. I think he's right up, you know, maybe not quite as much as I love Hickman's Doom, but right there same class you know if it was a fantasy draft i would say they're in the same tier um and storm is a total badass in it and just the way that they each hold their own while having this conversation is awesome the way that you notice his mask looks weird and she's like i hope you're enjoying the food and he's like i don't let my mouth guard down for just normal food like it's you're like oh right he's <laughs> he's exposed his mouth for this dinner but the language is great. The dialogue is great. And I just love his interest in, you know, the usage of this Mysterium. And they're playing with this Promethean idea that you guys have taken fire from the gods. And he says, but but I wore gloves, which is such a smart and doom thing to say. And I <laughs> love finding doom. I love, you know, the Hickman X-Men stuff. And I just, I liked this issue quite a bit. I, I liked two thirds of it a lot and I didn't care for one third of it. So I hope, you know, we'll see how that all balances out. But I bet Andrew's really been digging the stuff that I don't love as much out of it. So I'm curious how he feels about it. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it cross, it's kind of a- With Guardians. Yeah, it's the same stuff going on in Guardians of the Galaxy right now and, and Doom's in that too, um, which is all which is all very good. Yeah, I gave that issue a sword a, where is it? Where is it? A nine. Nice. I'd give it an eight. I, I, like I said, there's that certain chunk of it. I just don't care that much for, but the, the other stuff I did like, I liked a lot. Over in guardians, just as quick aside, yeah. cool thing with the mindless ones and Dorm Dormammu's and like, in yeah. um, something he's, we haven't seen before. He, he has my, he has giant mindless ones that appear like on Cree and, and, whatever the scrolls the planets to fight them and and, and they're really cool because there's one character that is like ah what these mindless ones are they aren't they aren't so bad i mean geez no problem one materializes behind them and takes them out <laughs> yeah i i have guardians here I, I i'm not reading it but i'm you know i try to skim most books that come in here so um yeah. it does it is looking interesting and i like al ewing a lot we got to talk about united states of captain america number two before we get out of here though Oh yeah. Yeah. And I might have a quick, I'd like to do a quick mention yeah. of 
the final issue of other history of the DC universe. Oh, I didn't realize it was the final one. So yeah, I think, get those. I think it's the final one. It's number five. Um, yeah. Well, did you guys read the United States Captain America number two? I didn't. I did. Oh, you did? Django. Yep. Okay. Uh, well, it's another... I mean, I really like this one too. I didn't like it quite as much as the first issue, but again, Cap and Falcon tooling across America. They're trying to solve this mystery about this guy that dressed in a Captain America outfit that stole Cap's shield. And along the way, they're meeting these different, so far, two you know young people, um, a young gay man uh, riding the rails in the USA. And now this issue... Um, a young black woman um and they're just really good comics i mean cap cap and falcon have this great banter and friendship of, you can tell they've been friends for a long time uh sam is in his captain america outfit because they're both like you know we're investigating all these captain americas let's both be captain america for this adventure and it's just a whole lot of good social commentary yeah i i liked it a whole lot i thought that the the bad guy sheriff in this was a little bit heavy handed. Um, just, just like coming right up to the, the edge of saying racist stuff and letting other people finish his sentences for him and all that. Um, and that, that kind of took me out of the story for a minute, but then I started thinking about it and I was like, this is, this is a comic book. Everything is supposed to be a hundred times as bombastic as, as you can imagine so it's like you don't necessarily need any subtlety there um and yeah and yeah and the thing is some of these i mean we are always like god i can't believe that guy is this way i mean we read about and hear about people that that are that heavy-handed yeah. in their actual life and it's often people guys like this yeah and i uh, i guess the the thing that seemed off tone to me was not that that guy would say those things but that that guy would say those things to captain america like that seemed yeah that seemed like somebody not with a death wish but somebody who just doesn't doesn't understand how important this guy is in the marvel universe you know, yeah. like, like I, I would have, I would have not even noticed if he was saying that stuff to his buddies in the back room, but to have him be uh, brazen enough to, to just be a horrible person right in front of Captain America seemed a little bit, a little bit off to me, but also, you know, if the last couple of years have taught us anything, it's that people say weird shit to weird people. You do. Uh, yeah. They don't mind getting caught being turds. Okay. Um, yeah. I, oh, go ahead. Um, um, I was just going to say the thing that, one thing that kind of took me out of the story a little bit was just that that jackass racist cop um, said in the conversation he's having with Cap and Cap and uh, Cap and Cap. It's great how the cop, the sheriff, says, "Oh, she fits the profile." Talking about this this new Captain America, and Steve says, "What do you mean fits the profile?" And Sam's like, "I know what he means." <laughs> and at the bottom of the page, Sam says, all cops is one black woman and the sheriff reacts in a way. And then Sam throws him across the room mm -hmm. through, through a glass door, I think it is. And the part that took me out of it was like, wow, Cap doesn't have, Steve doesn't have anything to say about that. He's going, you know, you overreacted a bit or anything. He's just, next panel, he's just all smiling going, yeah, all right. <laughs> 
Yeah, but I, I really do like the interplay between Cap and Falcon here. And just, I don't know, the, the, the thing that, the thing that makes me really like a character is when they're just nice and cap is just nice in this like he's head lasso baby he's just nice yeah 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 yeah. and he's so nice i mean sam a few times just kind of hits him with some zingers like buddies do and cap steve only does it like once and it's not even really that much of a zinger because he's yeah because he's such a nice guy (laughs) he can't really do a good zinger (laughs) um did you guys drop scores on that 7.5 7.5 and I'm going to keep on reading it because Christopher Cantwell is uh fast approaching my he can't do things Taylor not worse. Well. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. good one. Good one. Were you doing the Captain America thing there? I'm just excited for the next issue of it. There's a uh, I was doing the FOC for it and like they've got an indigenous person's Captain America and the costume is awesome. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I bet really Captain cool. America is going to be embarrassed at some point in that issue. I like it. What is your score, Roman? Uh, 9.5. Nice. Hell yeah. And then, Roman, you had one more to get into. Other voices, other history of the DC oh. universe. Yeah. Yeah. Which, and I, this is book five, which I think is the last issue. I can't remember. It's going to be a, a nice and dense hardcover, and it's going to be real mm-hmm. good. Yeah. I'm looking forward to, to getting the hardcover. And earlier I had mentioned we were talking about when we started this podcast, we're talking about strange adventures and, you know, a story that's very realistic and makes you uncomfortable. Well, this issue had plenty of uncomfortable bits in it too. It's about um, Anissa Pierce, which is Black Lightning's oldest daughter. Um, both his daughters gain superpowers. The whole family's estranged for various reasons. Um, what was uncomfortable in this one is, since it's Anissa's perspective, she's talking about her dad, Black Lightning, and, you know, all of his faults. And she talks about his the good stuff too but it goes back to the first issue of this series which is about black lightning and early in his career um when he was pushing as a coach he was pushing this kid and from a mist anissa's perspective she reveals you know i think he was so hard on this kid this kid dwight because dwight was gay and throughout this issue she brings up things and and she's a lesbian but she figures out like in her late teens um and she's bringing out this. And so the a couple of things find out that Jefferson Pierce, Black Lightning, he's a homophobe. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, John Ridley, the writer, brings all these things that are in the comic book history of Black Lightning. That's like, oh, and he doesn't make anything up out of whole cloth. He's like, there's this, 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 this. And yeah, Black Lightning. <laughs> and, and he's also domineering and controlling and, you know messes up his family messes up his daughters uh his daughter thunder who this issue is about uh she's she's black she's lesbian and a woman so she gets into all this commentary about that and her difficulties from those various angles you know with her father with with being in superhero teams with uh, batman because she was in the outsiders for a while and batman took the team back and she confronted him because you know white privileged dude taking over the team that you know, she was the leader of at the time. Another, lots of great social commentary in this issue. Well, I think that's super fascinating. And I, I loved that first issue of this series, but that's the only one I read because they are dense, dense issues. And like I said, we have been so strapped for time for the last five months. Yeah. That I just yeah. don't, God 
damn it. I, I envy your the they, they time are, you put towards it. Well, they are because I had to. I started this issue on one day and had to finish it the next day. <laughs> They're so dense. Yeah, I yeah. flipped through this one. Sorry, did you give a score for that? Oh, uh, I'll give it a ten, and the whole Jesus series. Christ. Yeah, and the whole series, I'll give. Um, I'll give the whole series a nine, but this it's, issue a ten. God, it seems like that series has been a ten, though. I I would love to Mo- see a write up time about it. Yeah, most of the time, I. I the katana issue was like the weakest issue for me, but it wasn't a bad issue at all. I just that's that a number character. two. I'm or not three, sure. Maybe yeah. It was, yeah. I think yeah, I, I dropped I off know. after that one. I, I I didn't love that one. Yeah. Well. Okay. So yeah. this is the binary episode. Yeah. Because it's uh, just one oh one zero one oh one oh one oh one yeah. Um. Gosh. Well. Thanks, Roman for carrying us home if you can reach out to justin show up uh we all love him we miss him he's great this comic show is great as well and god i think both of you two guys are great roman thanks for hanging out with the two of us and carrying our our weight a little bit right now but we're gonna get back into it and figure out a a, a new flow of things i bet we'll need to start recording on a new day though yeah i'm into that yeah roman thanks for getting a cpap machine man like yeah for that, sure man like, it's comics pap i really machine. appreciate it comics perfectly <laughs> acceptable podcast machine a cpapper just sends all these comics like straight pumps them straight into my brain i don't even have to turn pages while you sleep <laughs> yeah um, through them. you can write us an email at jeff at the that'll get on here will thank you for keeping that up andrew where are you at Andrew, I, but actually, shout out Andrew, hugs and kisses. They're all the people who've come in and seen us since our shop has opened. So, so awesome. Um, people coming in, please continue to be gracious with the people who are working. It, We're all trying to get used to a new system that is pretty <laughs> crazy right now. It's got some hiccups, and we're all having hiccups while we deal with it. So it's been a cool. new system. Humans within spitting distance of us. Yeah, while we're doing it, be <laughs> like... gracious while we stumble through it. Um, <laughs> come see our new employee Sean, who is amazing, starting oh. after the ninth of this month. And then also, mm-hmm. big shout out: the fourteenth is free comic book day. The fourteenth and the fifteenth are doing a really cool thing. You have between now and then to come in, show your vaccination card. You'll get a ticket to free comic book day, and then you'll be able to come in. But we're only doing people who are fully vaccinated right now. Um, and we're proud of that. And we're doing it for two days. So it's going to be Saturday days. the 14th and Sunday the 15th. We're going to split the comics up. So if if you can't make it on Saturday, but you can make it on Sunday, you, you'll have just the same shot of getting stuff <laughs> shot like a vaccination. Nice. And <laughs> I, think, I think we'll probably also set aside a handful of each issue for people who can demonstrate that they can't get vaccinated for one reason or the other yep. and we'll set those aside and and they can come in and get them another day um but just to to manage the crowds and to keep uh, all the young people and all of our staff and customers safe vaccinated or uh wait wait a few days yeah but we want to care about everyone who can come into our store and be a part of free comic book day in whatever capacity you can because we love having people and new folks especially come in to get free comic books um so that was 234 we'll see you all next week Two thirty, two three four, two three five next week. Yeah, um, and uh, two plus three is five. This is probably not nearly as focused about tolerance next time. Um, as always, <laughs> I'm Jeff Django. You're gonna go last, but Roman's got to say goodbye. Oh, geez, sorry. I'm, I'm looking at my free comic book day comics. Um, yes, everything Jeff said. Thank you, thank you to Justin. It's, it's gonna be gonna be different with him not there, but Sean is great too. I love Sean. 
I'm Django. <laughs> and I've got a question. <laughs> okay, yeah. Have right, you ever right. had okay. somebody that means a lot to you who then nope. moved on and not moved on in a negative way? But I'm curious, what not comic book related, but what holes? Nope, I don't want to bring holes oh, into it. Shit. What? What shitholes? <laughs> That's a whole different thing. But I'm just curious, as we sort of in a Tom Taylor type fashion. No, sorry, not Tom Taylor. Daniel, Daniel Warren, Warren Johnson. Johnson. Thank you. Endings allowing you to mean something. Wow. So, I started forming a question when Django didn't say one immediately, and I didn't mean it to make it so melancholic and, and <laughs> stuff. So I love it, but but let, let's let's distill it down into maybe an even more comic booky version. Did, yeah, please do. Is this still the comic podcast? This I get existential uh, any chance you get me. Okay, but this this isn't the Jeff this isn't the, the existential blues. This is this is the perfect. Yeah, that's the Bob okay. Dylan podcast I'm starting. Right. Okay. Yeah, where he goes to Chick Fil A. Yeah. Exactly. you win. So, here's my question: Can we rephrase this question? Yeah. Into what endings are you made of? Oh, I'm excited for that. Hey, Send we'll us see you. Crying all. voice memo. Get us those crying voice memos. Uh, <laughs> info. No. Joke. Yeah. Jeff at the comicsplace.com. <laughs> See you next week.